0: Welcome to Candid Conversations with Dr. Mayfield. This episode is sponsored by Mayfield Counseling Centers, helping you find clarity, hope, and purpose. Call us at 719-452-4803. Here's your host, Trevor Sherry. Thank you for joining us. Today's episode was originally released as a radio broadcast on a local station here in Colorado Springs that Dr. Mayfield and I have been uh, doing different recordings for. We had a great conversation about what to do when a friend wrongs you and felt it would be better to release that broadcast rather than re-record it. So without further ado, here is the recording of what to do when a friend hurts you. Good Saturday morning. Thank you for joining us for Candid Conversations. We are so glad that you are joining us. Uh, last week, we had a pretty heavy conversation about respect and honor and disrespect and I hope that you uh, had some self-reflection on opportunities to change language of disrespect to respect. If you missed that broadcast, uh, keep in mind that this broadcast is uh, in conjunction with a podcast that we release under the same name every Wednesday. Uh, you can find that on iTunes or Google Play under Candid Conversations with Dr. Mayfield. I am joined in the studio today with Dr. Mayfield. And today we want to take on another heavy subject, uh, titled when a friend hurts you, Dr. Mark, uh, this is uh, definitely something that may touch on a few nerves. Do we want to talk a little bit about triggers first?
1: Well, absolutely. I, I think, uh, w- in the counseling realm, uh, what is the number one thing that we have come across our doors or the phone calls that you get or the emails that we get, uh, nine times out of 10, it's a relational wound. Uh, and it's a relational wound that's not been navigated well or a relational wound that has been in the past that's now reared its ugly head in, in the present. And uh, I think our listeners and just I know those that I've come in contact with through our uh, our talks and our podcasts and some of the other ways that we engage in our community, uh, we don't realize just how much our relational wounds from our past play uh, or, or are active in our our present. And so... I'm just going to do a, a quick, uh, I don't want to get too technical here, but just a quick uh, conversation about what are triggers. And I think the best way that I can describe this is, is actually going to another sense. Um, I grew up in, in Southern California, uh, outside of Santa Barbara, and my grandmother had um, honeysuckle bushes uh, on, you know, vines or whatever they were on her fence and it was good memories. I was I was 10 years old when I moved to Colorado, so it was a long time ago. But I, I remember playing in the backyard. And it's it's amazing when I'm walking by a candle shop here in Colorado Springs or Estes Park or Breckenridge or wherever we go, and I smell something that's reminiscent of honeysuckle, I, I get taken back immediately to playing in my grandmother's backyard. And we call that a state emotion or a state feeling, S-T-A-T-E. It's a way of our body remembering. You know, Our body is taking in things all the time. Our senses are processing, our brain's processing all the time. And a lot of times we don't think about it. We smell a smell and we don't think anything of it until we smell that smell again and it brings us back to that memory because our smells and our tastes and our touches are all connected to our memory. But the same thing happens to emotions. There's this amazing book, if anybody wants to read, uh, more on this, uh, just about how our body remembers is actually two books, the body remembers, and then another book called the body keeps score. And it's this idea that, uh, when we are in relational relationships and, and maybe not the best kind, when we have relational wounds or trauma, our body remembers our body stores that information away and we might not know it at the time. Uh, And then we're in another relationship, let's say, and a something similar happens that the body remembers from that previous trauma. And now we're reacting in that moment. And the person that's on the receiving end might be a really kind, generous individual, and they have no idea what just happened, because now you're reacting, but it's based off a trigger from a previous wound. And so as we talk about that, uh, we might get into more depth in different conversations about trauma and the brain and whatnot. But I wanted to lay that foundation this morning because a lot of times when we have relational wounds now, when friends hurt, um, I wouldn't say nine times out of 10 or eight times out of 10, but a majority of the time, it's a, we're reacting based off of past wounds, not present ones. And we need to be very aware of that as we enter into this conversation this morning.
0: So as we talk about uh, when a friend hurts you or or when a relationship goes sour uh, we need to be mindful of those instances where it may hit a trigger point it may bring us back like honeysuckle to something that wasn't so pleasant and be conscious of ourselves and those people that we're talking to there may be relationships where somebody's reacting in a way that doesn't seem necessarily appropriate or correct and they're a great person and it's a great relationship but there's just something that's happening that's throwing it out of whack. And that may be a trigger from a previous relationship.
1: Right. And I think this is a perfect time to have this conversation about when friends hurt, because if you've been listening from the beginning and if you haven't go back to the podcast and listen some more, but we've laid a really good foundation of how to navigate this very thing. And, and a lot of times uh, we get really defensive when somebody reacts in an adverse way to us, or they say something that triggers us, our defenses go up and that's a natural way of responding. But there's always more behind the veil. There's more than going on behind the scenes than what's going on in front of you. And so I've known a lot of people in my life that have chosen to opt out of relationships because so-and-so did this or so-and-so did that or I, I was hurt by this person or that person. And they just chalk it off as that person was disrespectful or didn't like him or was insensitive, where it maybe is a lot more than that. And in our society, we don't take the time to lean in. And that goes back to the, the foundation of why conversations are important. And so I think the, the, there's a couple of points that I want people to consider is if somebody has hurt you uh, or has reacted to you in an adverse way that's hurt, you know, hurt your feelings, uh, make sure you're reading the situation correctly. Like really, really take a step back and reflect going, okay, what do I need to own? Did I do anything that I need to own that has caused them to react this way? And if so, own it. If not, don't but then go, um, I wonder what else is going on. And that's where we talked about, I don't know what, what broadcast it was, but we were talking about this idea of seeking to understand instead of being right and that listening concept uh, of approaching that person with with kindness and going, I noticed that you reacted in this way and I'm wondering what that was about. Could you explain more? I, I, I want to know uh, what to do differently next time. Uh, but if somebody has hurt you, So you're on the receiving end of it. Uh, again, I think make sure that you're reading the situation correctly and how do you engage in that conversation? Though it
0: might be uncomfortable. And that conversation is, Hey, I felt this way when this happened. Uh, what's going on. Yeah. I I think I statements, uh, and
1: I, I have probably listeners that have been in counseling. They're probably rolling their eyes right now. Um, because I statements are, they take work, you know, instead of the, the you, you, you blaming, you can say, Hey, uh, when you stated this, I felt this, did I, did I read that correctly? Was that, was that your intention? Um, and I think if you are in relationships, so if we're using the word friend, there's a, there's a supposition there that there's actually a relationship there, right? It's not this just coworker acquaintance where if they say something, you're just going to let it roll off your, your back because they don't have that kind of clout in your life. Uh, But if somebody is a friend uh, then assuming the best of that person and coming to them going, when you said this, this hurt my feelings. Was that something that, or I took it this way, or did I did I read that correctly?
0: So this is the appropriate reaction rather than punching them or destroy, burning the bridge or whatever. <laughs> right. um, and, and, and so that is our reaction. That can go one of two ways. It can go, yeah, I meant to do this because I hate you. Uh, or similar, but softened. Um, and then it can also go, oh no, I didn't mean that at all. I'm sorry that you felt that way. What do we do on those? Obviously on the, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. It's the easy reconciliation of like, oh, okay, well let's learn how to communicate better with each other in the future when this, these things come up. But what about when the person is unrepentant or doesn't care?
1: Well, that's where I think we go back to the biblical model uh, of you tried to talk to them by them by yourself and they weren't re- receiving it. Then you take somebody else with you and see if they receive it. And if they don't, you take multiples and if that doesn't happen, then it's time to maybe move on. Uh, there are things that we don't talk about, about friendships like necessary endings. There are times they, some friendships are for life. Some friendships are for a time and, and we shouldn't confuse the two and hold on to the ones that shouldn't be the hold on to the ones that we think should be lifelong that actually need to be situational or, or time driven.
0: Let's give a little bit more due process to that because I think that's a monumental aspect of friendship of you don't need to be in relationship with your friends now forever. It is okay to end friendships. Mm-hmm. I know that I've gone through a couple times in my life where I had to cut off almost all of my friends uh, and and try to make new relationships just because they were making me somebody that I didn't want to be. And, you know, granted somebody that my parents didn't want me to be either and they had some role in that. Um, but I think that that's something that we don't naturally understand. I think we probably
1: should do another broadcast on on just the idea of what are friends and how do you pick friends and that kind of stuff. But I, I think the, the big, the big thing is this, is that we, uh, and it goes back to what I talked about probably in the first or second broadcast of when I used to meet people, I used to share my whole story because I wanted them so desperately to like me and be my friend that I would just lead with everything. And I didn't have a good concept of what a friend was, and so um, I, I'd like to maybe put a pause on that for right now and come back to it maybe maybe next week. And, and, and as we talk about uh, what is a friend, uh, it kind of goes back to the idea of what is a safe person. Um, but I think we need to to take when somebody hurts us or have that we have that conversation where it's, you know, I uh, you come up to him and say I, I took it this way, it triggered me, or my feelings were hurt and they don't they don't respond well uh it's time for you to take a step back and pause whether or not that relationship is that friendship is is worth pushing forward in uh and then you also look at patterns if the first time there may maybe something's going wrong or or whatever but if there's a pattern of repeat of of uh, that's how they respond when when you get your feelings hurt uh maybe it's time to to reconsider that relationship but also if you're the one always getting your feelings hurt there might be some <laughs> reflective work that you need to do on your own life going, why are we so sensitive? Uh, And I'm not saying that sensitivities are bad, uh, but if you're the one in the relationship that's always getting your feelings hurt, is there something that you've not worked on yourself that needs to be um,
0: taken into consideration? And so I think that plays really well into my next question of what do we do if a relationship ends and there's still wounds that may or may not be carried into future relationships. If it is a consistent thing of I'm constantly being hurt in relationships and maybe even in similar ways, the self-reflection piece of, of what, what can I do uh, for, for myself in that process? But what of the person who was in a really good relationship and then they were betrayed or, or some devastating situation happened uh, where, you know, I don't know, whatever. And, they left the relationship and now going forward into all their relationships, there's a wary eye mm-hmm. of what could happen and what the friend may do. I, I think that's normal.
1: I think that's healthy. It's our body's way. It's our, 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 way of protecting ourselves. Uh, and yet I still think we need to take a step back and, and engage individuals that we trust going back to that safe person conversation that we had a couple weeks ago is if we have a, a we notice a a pattern in our lives that we are constantly getting our feelings hurt or that we constantly choose friends that don't value us, you know, as a human being going back to our respect conversation last week. Uh, It might be a time where we engage in either a a pastoral counseling relationship or a counseling relationship because we need that honest, uh, unabashed uh, pointed feedback from somebody that we, we can trust is going to tell it to us straight and then help us work through it. Uh, And that's, that's a big deal.
0: And what about the person who finds themselves in a situation where it feels like it isn't a consistent thing in their past, but a consistent thing in their present that right now, everybody seems to be treating them this certain way. And and we've, I I don't know if we've talked about this on the broadcast, but we have this idea of, uh, you believe a story. Or you have a story that's being told to you or you're telling yourself and that becomes something that you believe. And then as you believe it enough, you become it. And through becoming, you begin to expect that that is true. And then that reinforces the story. And so for the individual who has been in a situation where they're constantly being hurt in the same way or whatever, or the person who right now is being treated the same way poorly by all their friends that's a reinforcement of a story that you deserve to be treated this way mm-hmm. or everybody's going to treat you this way. And the turnaround point, the catalyst for change would be what? I think you're the common factor. And so
1: it's that, it's that pattern interrupt as we, we call it. You know, you think about how do you stop a flow of electricity on an a extension cord, either you unplug it or you cut the cord. Right. And I think the same way is, is with, with, uh, uh a cycle of, uh, repetitive patterns in, in our lives with friends. Uh, I think you look at a way to either unplug it or cut the cord and it's what we call a pattern interrupt. And it's taking that break and taking that step back and going, and it, it's not going to be easy. None of this is easy. You know, actually really, uh, coming back and engaging into a counseling relationship where you have a good counselor and they're challenging your beliefs and your, uh, presuppositions of yourself and how you view yourself and your identity and all those kind of things. It's not going to be easy, but the end result is good. And I, and I, I, I think um, when it comes to friends uh, and relationships, it's messy. Uh, there's no two ways about it. And so either we're ready for the mess and ready to engage the mess. Uh, and because we know that in that is good. Um, but it's, it's that, it's that that day-to-day challenge like I uh, I don't remember who said this uh, listening to whether it be a message or somebody speaking about the fact that deep meaningful friendships take work
0: and they take time so what you're saying is that I can't expect my friendship uh, with Adam to be uh, perfectly fine without controversy and happen instantly Uh, that's an unrealistic expectation almost, a, I think in some ways, a narcissistic way of looking at it because
1: you're expecting them to follow through with the way you want it to go. And, and if there's any way of stepping out of line, then somehow they're not doing friendship well. And it's like, no, it's, it's going to be messy. It's going to take, uh, it's almost like this learning to dance. You know, you're going to step on each other's toes for a while and then you're going to need a chance to, to get better and to practice and to
0: learn. It makes me think about a lot of, uh, marriage counselors and writers about marriage talk about healthy conflict. That conflict is not only necessary for healthy growth, but it's going to happen whether mm-hmm. you like it or not, and you can either do it well or poorly. And the same goes for relationships. It's going to happen, and you can either handle that well or you can handle it poorly. And uh, it seems to me from what I've read that a lot of it takes prep work in order to handle conflict well. Mm-hmm. What can we do in relationships if it's not if it's not a um, – I'm the, I'm the common denominator of why these relationships are happening this way. Uh, or if it's not a common theme in my life, what are the things that I can do to prepare myself in friendships for conflict when it happens and that work of building a relationship?
1: Again, I don't want our listeners to roll their eyes because we repeat ourselves. I mean, in some ways, this is not rocket science. It's, it's reflective work. It's that awareness piece. It's knowing how you respond to conflict. I know that I'm a pursuer, so if conflict happens, gosh darn it, we're going to fix it in the next twenty minutes, and I'm <laughs> going to walk away feeling good about myself, right? And that's not healthy uh, because a lot of people are avoiders, yeah, and avoiding is not healthy either. And so when we're in relationship and we have conflict, it's 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 that give and take. But I think a lot of it is recognizing where where you're at, how you respond, and and being willing. To, to take a breath. And so, um, you know, in, in my relationship with my wife, uh, I'm a pursuer, she's a, an avoider. But with a, a 10 and a half years of marriage, we realized that uh, this dance is okay. She's avoiding not because she doesn't want the conflict, she's avoiding because she needs to collect her thoughts so that she has a, 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 a good way of engaging into that, that conflict. And so there's a, a, a time to break that needs to be taken for that to happen well, the break is a killer to me because I want to fix it. and I want to finish it or work through it, but to know that, uh, and she knows that. So her breaks are not days long. Her breaks are maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, but we come back and then we, we work through it. And I think the same way in relationships as you begin to build those friendships. It's understanding how the other person is and how they respond to conflict and, and respecting that piece of them and knowing that if it's actually a relationship that's going to be meaningful and, and it's going to work, you're really uh, going to put trust in that person that they're going to respect you in return.
0: Yeah, I think that's an incredible tool uh, for me and hopefully for our listeners as well to understand uh, that we do react differently in conflict and uh, some people are avoiders, some people are pursuers.
1: Well, I do want to say this too. I think we don't say this enough. Is there are times where you need to work through some stuff and if it's really deep conflict and you've actually been wounded to your core, yeah, I mean, take the steps. If it's if the relationship is worth it and it doesn't need you don't need to cut your losses, but it's really worth it, you need to work through those things, and that's going to be messy and it's going to be hard. Um, but I also think you need to learn when to let it go. Uh, you know, I think you know, Trevor, in our relationship, if there are some things that you know, you've said to me that maybe uh, kind of clipped me a little bit. Um, you know, I might've said something early on in our relationship, but I know your heart. I know who you are. I know your, uh, your desires for our friendship. And so if something, if you, let's say, uh, you're having a bad day and you're grumpy or, and you just say something and I'm like, you know, two years ago, I might've said, wait, hey, what's going on? But now it's like, you know what? It's not a big deal. Yeah, I'm going to let it go. It's not a cack on my character. It's not an attack on me. It's just, how there are, you know, and so I think that's where the, the relationship piece really comes into play and in assuming the best of each other, seeking to understand um, and really uh, wanting uh, to to care
0: for that individual. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's interesting to me thinking about that and how we can't really do that for everybody no. in our lives. Nope. We can't understand how they're going to react or, or recognize, you know, how everybody is when they're grumpy and the best way to react to them. And that's kind of a limited group that we can really take that time and invest that self-reflection and relational reflection Mm -hmm. on. Uh, It's not just anybody off the street that I can do that with. And and that comes with time and there's a patience factor to it. There's a humility and self-reflection aspect to it.
1: One of the things that I, I see a lot of when I'm working with individuals is that um, a, if there's a, a pattern of woundedness or wounding in friendships, people only get to a certain point. I'm going to let you in so close, and I'm expecting you to hurt me, and so we're not going to get any closer. And I think that's where that self-awareness piece and that, that getting with somebody that you trust, whether it be a counselor, a pastor, a parent, a friend, a mentor, to really help walk with you through uh, those things and helping break down those, those walls that you've uh, erected uh, rightfully so to protect you. But uh, you know, I've met people that are so desperate for deep relationships um, but they push people away at a certain point in every friendship and they're wondering why people don't like them. And you're like, well, okay, there's some reasons behind this. They're valid, but do you want to know why and how can we work through those? And that's where I think um, especially in our culture nowadays uh, getting a third party party, Uh, a a person of trust or a person of confidentiality, maybe you don't trust them right now, but it's a person of confidentiality like, like counseling or a chaplain or a priest or a pastor or something. Uh, Now you have the ability to, to work through some of these areas that you might be blind to.
0: Well, I hope that this has given insight to friends and to us as individuals to kind of reflect on some of the past relationships we have, we've had and the relationships that we have now recognizing uh, a few different ways that we interact with each other in conflict and in hurt, past wounds and current wounds. Uh, we will continue the conversation next week talking about who is a friend and how do friendships build, uh, which I'm I'm thrilled about. I'm very excited to have that discussion with you, Dr. Mayfield. Thank you uh, to those who have been listening. Uh, we recognize that uh, we may have hit on a few things that bring up deep and meaningful memories to you that you need to process with somebody. And we would uh, love to be able to help you with that. You can reach out to us uh, on our Facebook page, Candid Conversations with Dr. Mayfield, uh, or you can uh, shoot us an email, contact at mayfieldcounseling.com, or give us a call. Our website is mayfieldcounseling.com. You're welcome to reach out at any time. We'd love to connect you with somebody who can uh, dig deeper into this, and help you with the self-discovery. Until next time, thank you.
1: Thank you for joining us for Candid Conversations. If you'd like more information, go to mayfieldcounseling.com backslash Candid Conversations and check our Facebook page, Candid Conversations with Dr. Mayfield.